To say that there is a great deal of bombastic confidence among some atheist YouTubers is to put it far too mildly. The colorful and often dismissive assertiveness that they express in some of their videos is one of their greatest tools of persuasion. And unfortunately, this sort of posturing is persuasive whether or not anything of real substance stands behind their statements. One expression of this sort of thing is the common atheist claim that they already understand the Bible and Christian theology because they used to be Christians. In fact, certain atheists were pastors or studying to be one kind of minister or other. Now, I'd rather be making videos about the actual arguments themselves. But since so many skeptics, even the ones with the biblical training, so often make such fantastic blunders when it comes to the Bible and Christian theology, that I wanted to encourage those of you who listen to them to get better explanations from solid Christian resources, or at the very least, to compare what the atheists say about the Bible and about Christian theology to those Christian resources. Oh, including the Bible itself. And I want to be very clear here. My goal is not to just take cheap shots against these intelligent and successful individuals. This isn't personal, and anyone can make mistakes. And I'm not including items that are merely examples of doctrinal disagreements. These are examples of where skeptics were just wrong about the Bible or unaware of Christian theology. I wanted a video that could be shared easily when those confident and dismissive atheist claims show up. This is that video. One individual who was training to become a Christian apologist was atheist blogger and author John Loftus. In a debate with David Wood, Loftus was discussing the well-known issue of the lengthier ending to the Gospel of Mark. Scholars believe that Mark originally ended at verse 8. With this in mind, Loftus claimed, quote, Mark's Gospel does not mention the resurrection. Uh, they contain forgeries. Uh, the ending of the Gospel of Mark is one of them, and, and, and Mark's Gospel does not mention a resurrection. Now, this is a pretty serious issue because what the Gospels say about the resurrection is pretty important to apologists in training, like Loftus was, and atheist debaters, like Loftus is. Let's see if he's right. Mark 16, 5 says, Entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting at the right, wearing a white robe, and they were amazed. And he said to them, Do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who has been crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Behold, here is the place where they laid him. So the original ending to Mark does mention the resurrection. Now, after David Wood pointed this out, Loftus shifted his statement to say, there's no resurrection appearance in Mark. There's no touching, seeing, feeling thing. So no, there's no resurrection appearance in Mark. There's no touching, seeing, feeling thing. But that's not what he originally said, and we would expect some caveat. Perhaps the work of some New Testament scholar, commentary, or online resource would be better. Dan Barker, who served as a pastor, revealed his belief about the biblical teaching on prayer seems to be something like the idea that God will answer any prayer the believer prays. You know, the Bible says, all things whatsoever ye shall ask for in prayer believing, you shall receive. You know that verse, right? Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so uh, and, and there are many, many verses that say when you pray, God will do it, and God gives, you know, God answers prayer. The Bible is very clear about that. It says all things. Doesn't say maybe. Doesn't say certain things. All things, whatever you ask for. You believe God knows everything, right? Yes, He's omniscient. So what would convince me to change my mind would be for you to ask God to tell this audience what's written on this sheet of paper here. Does God know it? That sounds like you would think that David Blaine is God. Does God know it? Does God know what is written on that paper? Yes. I can't see what's on there, but did you I write know, something? but you know, inside of here, inside oh, this envelope. inside of it. Does he know what's written there? Yes, he does. Okay, does God answer prayers? Yes, but sometimes he says no. So will you ask, well, you're asking me. But of course, as Christians know, there are caveats. We're to pray in the name of our Lord, which means in accordance with what he would want. We're to pray according to God's will. We're not to be praying just out of selfish interests. And biblical Christians know that none less than the Apostle Paul asked God to answer a prayer three times, and he never had that prayer answered. Maybe a good reliable work on practical ministry or a systematic theology book would be better. Or again, you could just read the New Testament for yourself. Matt Dillahunty often mentions that he was studying for ministry too. But when he was challenged by Matt Slick to define certain theological terms, the answer was negative. The denominational differences are in adiaphora. Do you know what adiaphora is? No. Okay. Do you know what a hypostatic union is? No. Communicati mediumatum, the difference between justification, imputation, sanctification? No. Starting to be a preacher. Okay. These are the basics of the Christian faith. Now, granted, a couple of those are uncommon, but the hypostatic union, justification, sanctification, imputation, these are just basic theological ideas. And to Matt's credit, he should be commended that he said his Christianity was based on the Bible itself. But unless one's biblical training is akin to me, my Bible, and the old oak tree, some of these theological terms are going to come up pretty quickly. Sanctification! Oh, I love it! What is it? Just as the word justification means to justify, the word sanctification means to sanctify. It's at this point that we should turn our attention to atheist popularizers in pop culture. Do they fare better? Atheist comedian Bill Maher has made a project out of mocking Christianity, but apparently has no clear understanding of central topics such as the Trinity or virgin birth. He exists in a realm above time and space, but he has kids? What is this, Bonanza? He has a son. God had a son, and he said to him, Jesus, <laughs> I'm sending you down to Earth on a suicide mission. But don't worry, they can't kill you because you're really me. But it is going to hurt for a few days. I'm not going to lie about that, son. There's about three days you're gonna hate me, but I'm doing this for you. I mean me, what am I saying? I'm me, you're me, you're you, but... I'll go down to Earth and I'll see if I can find a virgin Palestinian woman to impregnate so that she can give birth to you. I mean me! The Trinity is not one person existing as three persons. That would be a contradiction. The Trinity is one God existing as three persons. The Father, Son, and Spirit are three distinct individuals, just like the three individual points of a triangle are distinct and different points. Jesus wasn't praying to himself. And the virgin birth, which involved the Spirit, was not a sexual encounter, as was strongly implied here. It was a virgin birth, after all. Clearly, atheists in pop culture get Christianity wrong, too. 
But what about YouTubers, the ones who weren't necessarily training to become ministers? Here the virgin birth comes up again. Why did God have to rape a teenage girl in order to become human? So Hemet Meta is using intentional mockery here. I get it. But he doesn't even make an attempt to get the story straight. I suspect he knows that rape isn't part of the virgin birth story. But honestly, I'm wondering if he does think there was some kind of a sexual act. I don't think so, and I certainly hope not. But at the very least, he joins Bill Maher in incorrectly articulating the doctrine of the virgin birth. Stephen Woodford of Rationality Rules confuses a pivotal moment in an elementary Bible passage, by which I mean one you would know well even if you only had a cursory exposure to Christianity. Bad girl, he bellowed. What is this that thou hast done? Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle. Thou belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat for the days of thy life. Notice Woodford has God telling Eve that she will be cursed above all cattle, and on her belly she will go. But God says this to the serpent, and this would be immediately obvious just from reading the passage. It might be better to get a good solid commentary or just read the Bible, even the part that Woodford put right there on the screen. Now, believe it or not, I could go on for quite a while, but I've limited things to this sampling for the sake of time. And maybe you're thinking this is just cherry picking individual moments to make a point. And you're absolutely right. I chose from atheists who were training to become or had been ministers, the most aggressive atheist comedian who devoted an entire film to religion, and some of the biggest atheist YouTubers. Seems fair. What we find is that the biblical and theological knowledge that is often championed in the comments section by atheists isn't as apparent as you might think. And again, there's nothing personal here. Anyone can make mistakes. My hope is that atheists and Christians will investigate the claims made about Christianity and about the Bible by these kinds of atheists by researching it in the vast ocean of top-shelf Christian scholarship and ministry materials that we have. And I think those that I featured here would agree. <laughs>